Welcome to the Ordinary Pastor Podcast with C.J. Mahaney. This podcast is devoted to helping ordinary pastors with the extraordinary privilege of serving God's people in their local church. And now, here is C.J. with your host, Mickey Connolly. All right, guys, welcome back to the Ordinary Pastor Podcast with Jeff and C.J. And we're continuing our discussion of preaching. And last month, we were working through the whole idea of illustrations and there was just a few things I, I, I wanted to finish up with that. Uh, I want to talk about quotes. And uh, I want to talk about how you guys think about quotes in messages. Uh, Jeff, you, you've said, let quotes find you. So how, how do you guys think about the use of quotes, the importance of quotes, when to use them, when not to use them? Um, talk to us about quotes. Yes. Well, quotes can be very helpful. Like some of the cautions we, we spoke about with illustrations, I think, last time. We just have to be careful with them. We, they need to be used carefully. They use, need to be used selectively. They're not required. It's not like, you know, homiletics 101, mm-hmm. get your quotes in. You shouldn't be... Th- and I, I, that, that quote you just mentioned, quotes should find you, I, the point behind that is you shouldn't be thinking, okay, now, let me get a quote. That should never... I, I don't think that should occur to you. Um, there's no, Agree. There, there's yeah. no obligation to mm-hmm. to put a quote in. If you have come, a, if a quote has found you, in other words, in your reading, yep. you have come across something that strikes you, that's vivid, that's illustrative, that's compelling. Then great, use it. But you shouldn't be going. I, I don't think in general you should be sort of in search of quotes. I, I think if you're doing that, you're going to end up using poor quotes, you're going to end up using quotes that don't really capture you. And if the quote doesn't capture you, mm. it's not going to capture other people. Yep. In fact, it may capture yep. you and not capture other people. Um, probably won't capture other people in, in, a, lot of, in a lot of cases. So, um, so again, be careful. Don't overuse them. Um, you know, if, if your sermons are just, you know, one quote strung together like a chain of Christmas lights with another quote, with another quote, you are not preaching. You are assimilating quotes. Um, so, I, 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 yeah, but they, they can be very helpful. I, I think it, it, to, to talk about them fruitfully is to think about how, how they can be misused. So I, I, I think a few key errors there. People use too many quotes. Uh, people use too long quotes. Too long. Um, yep, I've done that. So you want to use short yep. quotes, pithy quotes, vivid quotes, punchy quotes. Um, they, they shouldn't be long. You, you have to remember that you read that with pen in hand, and you underlined it and put an asterisk by it, and it, you, know, you, you meditated on it. People are hearing it you know, flow over them. Uh, they don't have time to process it now. If you're if you're able to use uh, a pro- if you use a projector for quotes, I think that can be very helpful, mm-hmm. uh, and we do that, mm-hmm. and that yep. makes them yep. function better. Just tell your projectionist, don't take them off the screen too quick, yeah. because people are wanting to write yeah. it down. Yeah. <laughs> that drives me crazy. Yeah. I'm writing it yeah. down or typing, mm-hmm. and you know it disappears. Mm-hmm. It's like oh, I'm just distracted. So uh, I think that gives you the flexibility to use longer ones, but. You don't want to you you're you're not the quote is not the quote is meant to deliver a, a kernel of truth in a vivid way, not an argument. So, right. So, so how it's read. So put them 
and a how difference it's, maker. That's right. And which, yeah, how it's read is going to influence it. So think of quotes as illustrations mm-hmm. or as, as yep. having an illustrative, clarifying function. Um, what yes. would you add? Uh, don't know that I'd add anything. Agree. Let them find you. Uh, they need to affect you. Uh, how you read them makes all the difference. There needs to be a, a, a seamless intro to them, and then you must leverage them. Don't 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 use a quote you don't leverage. It, it some point should be made in the quote with vivid language that you can then leverage immediately and possibly leverage throughout the sermon. And what do you mean by leverage? I, I mean that you're 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 expanding on, you're drawing attention to. Uh, there's a phrase you're extracting from that just captures the point of the text. And so you carry that with you into the next paragraph two, three of, of your sermon. Uh, that's what I mean by, by leverage it. Yeah. yeah you, too you too often, I, it, yeah, it is, it's just too easy for guys to read a quote, to read, to read it without any intro, without creating an interest or anticipation for it, to read it then in a monotone voice, which makes a statement to people, uh, and then to not leverage it, then to, to immediately go for it, which then just teaches people, okay, well, that actually really doesn't matter overall in this sermon. So... Um, yeah, I, 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 think it takes, I think it takes great skill to use quotes effectively. Mm. They just can't be cut and paste into a sermon. Mm. Uh, I don't think they'll serve a sermon if they do that. Another reason I'm using quotes, too, at, at times, is a, uh, I want to make a, a statement to people. I'm always standing on somebody's shoulders when, whenever I'm preaching, so there's no original thoughts here. And I also want to create an interest in in others that, so that they might uh, have an appetite for reading as a result of uh, being introduced to an individual or a book uh, f- with the use of a quote. Mm-hmm. Good, yeah. But Jeff Jeff has uh, numerous cautions, and I think his mentoring over the years has has meant uh, the use of less quotes for me uh, and and hopefully more skillfully and effectively used. Well, you use them very skillfully. Yeah. So Jeff rarely uses quotes, so I appreciate what he said earlier about it. They're not required, and I never start preparing as if they are required. Mm-hmm. And I love his phrase, let them find you, because that's exactly my experience. As I'm reading, if there's a sentence that finds me that I think, I can't improve on that. That convey, that captures and conveys this point. Uh, but if if it's pedestrian, well then no, I don't I, I I don't want to include it in the sermon. It 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 has to it has to survive the cut is what I say. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I, I can end up with six or eight there potentially, but then I walk through a process of saying, is this compelling? That's right. Um, and and if not, uh, then it, it gets cut. You never want to use yeah. a quote to say something that you can say just as well yourself. Yes. Or to make exactly. a, a, well a basic pedestrian yes. point. Yes. They're not exegetical. You're not. It's not like a footnote for an exegetical paper. It's more like an illustration in a in a talk. That's how you should think about quotes. Mm-hmm. They're not just kind of footnotes. Yeah, that's very and, good. I like that. Yeah. Um, so that's yeah. well, very yeah. well said. Illustration. Great. Uh, so while we're on illustration and quotes and introductions, 
How do you all think through the use of humor in messages? What you? Mm. Why don't you address that? Well, I will attempt to address that, but I, I'm, I'm still trying to find my way in what is the appropriate use of humor in a message. And I would say right now I'm, I'm in a season where uh, there are those who, who think I have restrained myself excessively. So I'm trying to find out how humor fits, where humor fits in a sermon. First thing I would say is... I would say you've... You had been there for a while, but I yeah. think you've come back and are you're using I'm, it more, okay. more frequently. Good. I don't think overusing it, but I think okay. you are utilizing it more. Good. That, that's my observation. Okay, good. That's encouraging to hear. Uh, I, first, I would say I, this isn't required for a sermon. So just as Jeff said, quotes aren't required. Humor isn't required. And I wouldn't want anybody who isn't particularly funny. If you aren't gifted please leave this to the professionals. So I, I, I just, I, I've seen too much forced humor. Uh, so it, I would just say to any, any pastor, if you're like not funny in private, if you're not funny in casual conversation, if you aren't gifted in this way, then you, you shouldn't feel somehow that your sermons are gonna be lacking and you shouldn't try to compensate for that. Uh, for those who have a gift of humor, yes, at, at, you know, we're not comedians, so I, I, this, I'm not working material into a sermon. It has, yeah, it has the, it's, it's, that's why it fits under the category of illustration. It, it, it's, a, it's a means of communication. It's a, it's a means of comprehension. It's a means of illumination. Uh, it's got a point and a purpose. And if it doesn't have a point and a purpose, then it doesn't belong in a sermon. Um, but it does, it does help people to identify with you in preaching. It helps them to identify with some scene you are describing. It helps you make a point, and at times it can be very effective in making a corrective point uh, for people. Uh, but it takes great care to do this. Uh, there's a difference between uh, wit, which it, it can fit easier into a sermon and a storyteller. So if you're going to tell a story, then you have to give great attention. How much time is this taking? How much detail is appropriate? Uh, because it's too easy for it to become uh, disproportionate <laughs> to the rest of the sermon. Uh, so yeah, I, I, I find myself uh, regularly just trying to value when, when this gift should be in operation and how it can serve and enhance uh, a sermon. What would yeah. you say, Jeffrey? No, I, th I think that's good. It, 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 has, it has, like we were talking about, I think last month on illustrations, that you know, it has side benefits. It, it does sort of create a relational bridge. Yes. It can. Yes. Um, because it can open your life a bit. And... And the, the, the preaching moment is, is not, it's a personal moment. Uh, we don't yep. want to have a view of pre, it, God chose preaching to deliver his word through a, a messenger, not in a book. Um, a person can, you know, embodies God's word in ways a book can't. A person images God in ways a book can't. And so it, humor can have a role in building that relational bridge and opening people's hearts to the 
to the speaker and, and, and so forth. So I, I think that's a side benefit. But again, it's not necessary, it's not required, and there are dangers, just, just like with everything. There are dangers in your own soul, I think, self-indulgent. Mm. Um, mm. I think if you ever have the thought you're preparing and something you, you comes to your mind and you think that's funny. And if you ever have the thought, oh, this, this will get them, you know, this will be funny, then I would say don't use it. Because, or at least come back when you're thinking about it as a way to serve the preaching of God's Word and not yourself and not, you know, not in a self-aggrandizing, self-display way. If, you, if you're thinking, oh, I got a good one here, lose it. Don't use it yeah. until you Let can. Let me jump in on that yeah. because... So, so would you plan humorous moments during a message? Is sure. it all spontaneous? I know it's a mixture, for sure. I mean, I think for me, the, the temptation is how many spontaneous, potentially spontaneous, humorous moments could come in a sermon. So I, I, I find that's where I have to uh, restrain myself. But uh, in Helmut Tilika. Is that how you pronounce his yeah. last name, Jeff? Yeah, just say it with confidence. His book, uh, Encounter with Spurgeon, uh, he talks about laughter is always a form of engagement of one type or another. When Spurgeon was cheerful and humorous in the pulpit, he was putting himself into his preaching. He was entering into the sermon with his whole nature. He who wants the interest of his hearers and wants them to be in it must first be in it himself and only he who is himself engaged attracts others into engagement. Okay, well that, that's a helpful description of Spurgeon's intentionality, which I find as I read his sermons is much more in the form of wit. So uh, that's different than telling a story, which again, I think you have to just be careful and restrained in how much detail you provide. But if, if you have a gift of humor, I, employing it in a sermon is, is not only a way for you to engage uh, with the sermon, it's a way for you to engage with the congregation, and it's a way for the congregation to engage with you. Uh, and I think that is not only legitimate, I think that is effective, again, if, if one is uh, gifted. Yeah, I, th I think that's right. I, th I think, and if you are, are not gifted it, it is not only not effective, it is counterproductive. Yes, yes. Um, it, I mean, it, it draws a t bad humor, yes. <laughs> draws attention to itself. And so, again, always think function. I am, I am doing, I'm wanting every moment of this sermon to, to allow, God, allow God's people to hear God's voice speaking through God's word. Yep. And so the moment I just, that's why things like structure are important, transition yep. are important, because you don't, you don't want to interrupt that. You don't want to obscure that. If you distract people through a, a bad humor, a groan, or you, you have just, you, you've just interrupted the flow of God's word, yep. God's yep. voice. And so you just, you, you want to, uh, you, you want to do yeah. all you can to avoid that, and if uh, you know, unless that is a, a gift, unless you're clear in what you're doing, I, I think again, like CJ said, there's there's no obligation to be funny. There's no obligation to to use to use humor. Um, I, I think it takes just great skill to know when it's appropriate, and yeah. and primarily it's it's the text that's going to inform whether it's appropriate. So if the mood or the tone and the tenor of the text 
does not lend itself to humor, then one shouldn't employ humor in any way. Yeah, so exactly the, right. the text is really going to tell me whether there's even any potential for humor. Uh, and yeah, I mean, so here here would be my observation. I wonder what yours is. I, most guys aren't funny. So, you know, I just, I don't think this should be a preoccupation for most guys. And what happens is you can hear somebody who's very funny, witty, like a Kevin DeYoung, and then you try to emulate right. him. No, no, this is for professionals only. And 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 uh, having a friendship with Kevin, I can tell you he's, he's that funny and effortlessly so in private. Uh, so... And if he were here participating, he, he would not be advocating that, that others think of what he's doing as the norm. Uh, I think of those who are, have uh, deployed the effective use of humor in a sermon, I think they are rarities. I don't think they are the norm. So I, I wouldn't want this, and I know Jeff wouldn't want this introduced as, this is, this is another category that you've got to add to your sermon preparation. No, I, I, I think there are actually few who, who can do this well uh, so this this should be a relief to somebody or to many pastors uh, that this is not required of them. And for those who are gifted, yeah, we're, we're not we're not performers. We're not at a comedy club. Uh, my goal isn't to make people laugh. My my goal is to impress the text on those I have the privilege to serve and love, and and uh, through the preaching of the sermon. And so it is the deployment of that gift of humor appropriate to the text and will it serve them and aid them in their comprehension of the text good all right let's close on this so there's you know in in christendom in general this idea of entertainment that we want preachers to be entertaining and and humor comes into that so just address the whole idea of being an entertainer or being entertaining versus the the importance of God's Word being central. Well, it's a nauseating thought. Yes, um, yes. <laughs> And it should be a nauseating yes, thought. Yes, it should be. But, oh my goodness. lest I yeah. come across as self-righteous, I yeah. think we should all recognize we want to be, we, we, we want worship. We yeah, want to yeah. be seen as impressive. Yes. Uh, we, Our we, motives are mixed. Yes. yes. And we, we may want to come yep. across as yep. entertaining. Yep. If you are entertained by someone, you like the effect of that upon you, you want to have that effect upon others. So, in other words, however theologically oriented we are, it still can lurk in our hearts, yep. and so we have to fight it. But that's why theology is so critical for our homiletics. That's why we don't... When we teach homiletics in the pastor's college, we, we begin with a, a whole day of, of theology. Uh, because, because when you recognize what you're doing, then yes. it protects you. It yes. protects you uh, from uh, this being about exactly. you. It protects you yeah. from yeah. Uh, seeking to yeah. draw pe- attention mm-hmm. to yourself. Yeah. Uh, it protects you from being self-aggrandizing. Mm-hmm. It protects you from self-display. Mm-hmm. And, and it impels you to use mm-hmm. every aspect of mm-hmm. your sermon. Mm-hmm. Every w- word mm-hmm. you can uh, is, is, is in service of God speaking. It's in yes. service of people in, encountering God yes. through his word. So yes. I, I think because it is all around us and mm-hmm. um, that, that we just have, have to be on guard. This is different. 
And if there's no difference in you, you know, in a sermon or a, a, a person's experience in the sermon in a Sunday morning, if that feels like the comedy club, if that mm. feels like late night TV, mm. then I, I just think you, you, yeah, I, I, I think it shouldn't feel that way. I think yeah. this people people want to encounter God. Yes, uh, that's. Yeah. That that humor can happen yep. anywhere. Yep. Yep. Encountering God, yes. holy ground, yes. through His Word, that yes. happens rarely. That yes. happens nowhere else but in the local church. Yes. So said, that's yes. what we're praying for. Yes. That's what we're crying out for, and that's what yep. we're preparing for. Yeah, yeah. When you stand behind that sacred desk, you want people to encounter the grace of God in Christ through the text. You have the privilege to preach. Yes. And you are you are, and you you are not a free person behind mm. that sacred mm. desk. You are uh, to 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 paraphrase a quote. Yeah, you, you're under the tyranny of the Almighty. Mm. I think it's Donald Coggan. Mm. Uh, you 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 are there for for a holy reason and a holy yeah. privilege to for for Jesus Christ to be magnified. Yeah, uh, that's what we're after. Yeah, Packer talks about preaching as not only encounter with the truth. But encounter with God Himself, mm-hmm. and that should inform our preaching and what we want the preaching moment and event to be mm-hmm. in the lives of those we love and serve. Amen. Well said, oh, guys. You've served our pastors well again, so um, we're gonna finish today. Thank you guys for listening, and we're gonna pick up this theme of preaching once again next month. <laughs>